So glad for his presence today. Do me a favor. We have a lot of people joining us online today. I just keep seeing the list coming in. But would you welcome all those joining us online today? It's so funny. I actually had several guys first service that was like, Pastor Micah, do not go up there dressed like that. You can wear my shirt. I'll wear that shirt. Really? They were telling me that. I'm like, okay. Uh, I didn't give in. I told him, I am wearing my Ben Roethlisberger jersey. No matter what you think, I'm wearing my Ben Roethlisberger jersey. That's not funny. I know we have some Steelers fans. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hopefully you got, um, hopefully you got your um, handout today. Um, I would love for you to take some time and read that even this week. Take it home with you. Read it this week. A friend of mine who pastors uh, here in Ohio um, had shared it with his church, and then it's been shared with several friends of mine. Pastor Chris Hodges shared it uh, with Jalen, my daughter, in Highlands College a couple of weeks ago. My daughter shared it with me. I just wanted to share it with you today. I'm, I'm aware now several different uh, pastors and friends have shared it. I want to share it with you. Just a great reminder, a great reminder that with everything going on in our world right now, uh, I know sometimes it could be easy to almost just want to like crawl in a hole, uh, but there's so much truth as you're reading that to keep tarrying till he comes. Uh, keep living, keep loving your family. You know, even, even in here, one of the things he said, you know, playing tennis. And I've asked my daughter a few times when she's like, Dad, you know, what do you think of this? And what do you think of that? And I've said, are you playing tennis? Uh, just a, a reminder, even in our family, let's keep sharing the good news. Uh, let's continue to ask God for his joy and peace, even with the craziness going on. It can look like we're surrounded, right? It can look like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by him. And so if you get some time this week to read that, I hope that it is an encouragement to you. I also want to say just to those joining us online that earlier, uh, Nell was online again. She's 93 years old never has been to our church um, so the Clausens and then Nell the mom will watch every single week for several years now they support they give they pray they'll message me and I got the most amazing message last week from their family and they were just sharing how Nell's husband I want to get it right they were saying that Nell's husband was a pastor for over five decades over five decades and how when she is watching online they told me she'll raise her hand she'll say amen uh, she is like totally engaged in the message and I know sometimes week after week you hear me say let's welcome all those joining us online but I want you just to think that there's not a lot of real people those that's not just numbers those are real people like Nell who are watching online and it touched my heart they told me uh, that, you know, of course, her cheering, supporting, amening her husband for five decades plus, and now uh, every Sunday she's doing that for me is very humbling and touched my heart. And whether it's Nell or all of the others, I am so glad, I am so glad that God's Spirit is able to go through that screen, those phones, tablets, and touch people's lives. Uh, we, we had a family, so we, we'll have a lot of people from Canada, we have people in California, the West Coast watching today. We had a family that was watching last service from the Philippines, and I didn't realize until after church, or after our nine o'clock, one of the families in the lobby came up and said, you said our family's name in the Philippines. Uh, they watch, and it's 9 p.m. there. While I'm preaching here, it's 9 p.m. there, and they gather and watch together. And so you just never know where God's word is impacting and affecting, right? We just never know what God's doing. But thank God for technology. I love being in the room. I love being on site. I love gathering together. But I'm also thankful that God is able to touch all of the people that are joining us online as well. I want to talk to you today. We're going to read out of the Gospel of Luke. But I want to talk to you today, if I was to entitle it, just the importance. The importance of hearing and holding on to the Word of God. The importance of hearing and holding on to the Word of God. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who I have read his writing since Bible college, went to Bible college in 1990, and someone introduced me to Dietrich Bonhoeffer back then, and I have read his writings now 
for 30 plus years. And one of the things that Dietrich shared, he shares a lot, he talks a lot about uh, the one thing people can't take from you is your attitude. Maybe you've read some of his writings about that. When they were telling him about this family members being killed and this is happening to this loved one and this is, and, and one of his famous writings as you wrote about, they, you can take everything from me, but you can't take my attitude. And so that's a great writing of his. Another thing that he said, and I want to draw your attention to a couple of things, but another thing that Dietrich Bonhoeffer said was, as long as we let the Word of God be our only armor, we can look confidently into the future. As long as we let the Word of God be our only armor, we can look confidently into the future. Now, to give you some context of how powerful I think this reminder is, and I'll just share a little bit. Alyssa, Pastor Desiree, different ones who helped me even with sermon prep, our pastors. But Alyssa was doing some research this week on Dietrich and sent all kinds of stuff to me. And I, I'm just sharing with you a small piece of, of what Alyssa shared from her studies. But Dietrich's mom, her name was Paula, Paula Bonhoeffer. Paula chose to educate her children in their early years at home. She had observed that Germans, German family, Germans have their backbones broken twice in life, first in the school system, secondly in, in the military. Her emphasis was to have a strong moral and intellectual character in her family. Dietrich, the quote we just read, Dietrich was a brilliant young man who went on to be a Lutheran theologian and a pastor. At one point, his friends offered him to come to New York to find a safe haven. He was only there for a short time and decided to return back to his native Germany. There was an uprising, there was chaos, war was imminent. Bonhoeffer had already been hounded and silenced by Nazi re, uh, re, the, the Nazi regime for his vocal opposition to its persecution of the Jews. He had been offered this safe haven like I shared, but, but felt like he was most needed there. And so when he went back, he used his church contacts. Dietrich used his church contacts to help a group of 14 Jews escape to Switzerland. Bonhoeffer was then arrested. For two years, he waited in prison, ministering to his fellow prisoners. He would write a series of letters that survive now that I shared. You, you could read some of those letters and writings and books. After that period of time, over the next few months, he was then transferred from one prison uh, in, in Berlin, he was transferred to a secondary prison, then he was transferred to a concentration camp in Flossenburg. And finally, on April the 9th, 1945, 11 days before Flossenburg was liberated by U.S. troops, Dietrich was hanged. Dietrich was 39 years old. His last act, when you study his life, his last act before them hanging him was to share communion with his fellow prisoners. His last words, according to another who survived, was Dietrich said, this is the end. But for me, it's the beginning of life. Now I want to read that quote again, now that you know a little bit about Dietrich's life. As long as we let the Word of God be our only armor, we can look confidently into the future. How can they hang you at 39? How can two plus years transferred prison and concentration camp? Well, evidently, Dietrich Bonhoeffer didn't believe that this world was his ending point. But he believed 
that there was things more important than pleasing these regimes. And there was life beyond that. When you hear a sobering story like this and you take into account things that you're aware of in history and maybe even current events, I want to read to you today out of Luke chapter number 8. When a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him and in a parable, Jesus is going to share this. A sower went out to sow seed and as he sowed, some fell among the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air, notice this, they're trampled. The birds of the air devour it. And some fell on the rock and it grew up and it withered away because it had, would like you to notice this, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it. And some fell in, this is the four seeds, some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said these things, he called out, he, he who has ears to hear, need to hear what I'm sharing. Hear about these four seed scenarios. In verse 11, Jesus is going to give some more details and definition to what he has just shared. He said, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Now we could look at the Holy Bible, a lot of this contains the words of God. If you've ever seen in a Bible red lettering, those are the words Jesus said. You know, early on in the church, people would have letters or recounting what Jesus said. You know, years later, of course, they're able to take the, these parchments and papers and stories and they're able to put them in, in a book like this that we call the Holy Bible. But Jesus is sharing with them and he tells them, I want you to understand the seed that I'm talking about, the seed is the word of God. The ones, so he's, gonna, he's now going to tell us the four types of seed, these symbolisms in this parable. He said the first seed, the ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes, takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Secondly, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word of God, receive it with joy, but, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in times, in time of testing, they fall away. The third seed, and as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. I would like you to notice those three things. Cares, riches, and pleasures. And their fruit does not mature. And finally, verse 15, as for that in the good soil, they are those who hear the word of God, they hold it fast, they, they have an honest heart. It's really important that you and I guard our heart. Like so much could affect our heart even nowadays, right? Your heart could be, they asked Jesus one time, you know he gave several answers for you know, what are signs of the end time? What should we watch for? What should we look for? What do we need? You know, one of the things was that men's hearts would fail them for fear. Their hearts. This fourth seed in the good soil, they hear, they hold, they've an honest and a good heart, and then they bear fruit with patience. In other words, they're still fruitful. It can be so easy in times like this, I shared it earlier, but to almost want to crawl in a hole, block everything and everyone out, but we are not called to stop tearing, stop being fruitful, stop. We're not called to do that. We can still be fruitful right now. We can still people, see people stop and be baptized over and over, day after day. You saw the pictures. There's real stories the last 10 or 12 days. You can still be fruitful. You can still share the good news. You say, but there's a lot of bad news. Well, there's still good news. The gospel. He says here, the seed is the word of God. Now, I've heard this passage taught a lot. And I, 
I really don't want to add too much to it. I'd rather just let the text talk to you. I, I've heard people compare it to other writings about Corinthians, one sows and one waters, and God gives the increase, and I think that could be very true. Heard even recently when someone said, you know, we could probably have a little bit of all of this in us. I think that, that's very true. I've heard a lot of passages on, on this text. I just want to give you the example of the four and ask the Holy Spirit would convict you and I both that especially in 2021, we would really, we would really contend that the seed's going to end up in the good ground and we're going to finish strong, right? We're going to be saved. We're going to endure to the end. But when you read these verses of Scripture and just let the text talk to us, Jesus very clearly says the seed is the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God. And when you look at the Word of God and you look at this parable, I think all of us would have to ask ourselves, is the seed sufficient that's even getting in our lives? Who is sowing into our lives? What is being sown into our lives? Because there are a lot of other people that are sowing seed into our lives. Right? They, they could be sowing seed into your son or daughter. You know, I, I haven't watched a lot of TV lately. I've actually probably watched less. I wa watch some games every now and then, probably less than ever. But I told Angel as recent as yesterday, I can get so frustrated with some commercials. I, I just feel like there's such an agenda right now of trying to affect our sons and our daughters, our children. And I, I don't want to spend too much time. I just want to tell you, I think there's a lot of people in a lot of places that are just, they're just, they're, they're sowing their seed, right? And I think we, as the church, need to make sure when it comes to the Word of God that we're getting seed, we're getting the Word of God into our families and into our communities and in our church, the Word of God. I have been praying, my pastor encouraged us in August, the directional team and leaders and, and those that were gathered there, he said, I'd like you to take a season and let's just all join together. And my, my dad is, has done this with, with our family, with me. My dad's favorite prayers is the Lord's Prayer in Psalm 23. And so for years I, I've had that in me, but now we've taken the next step where Pastor Kevin has said, He's like, send me pictures and videos, you know, of, of, you know, when I was telling him of Eliana and Micaiah, it's my two youngest. He's like, send me pictures and videos. So we committed to do it every day. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer every day and we're, you know, whatever, a, a month into it or whatever it is. But we have been praying. We've, we've called my dad and prayed on the phone with my dad and we'll say it. We've called my mom and prayed and angel numerous times. And, you know, what, what we are praying is, Se several things in the Lord's Prayer that jumps out, but our Father who art in heaven, hallowed. Hallowed means it's on top, it's above, it's, it's primary, we're seeking first, everything else has to be second. And so we're reminded we're going to hallow them on Monday, we're going to hallow them on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. So, you know, our prayer, it would sound something like this either on 13 or on 97 when we turn, we would pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And what Pastor Kevin encouraged us to do, and so we've been doing it every day as we pause there and on the kingdom come, we'll start saying thy kingdom come to whatever's around us at that point. And so it could be, you know, thy kingdom come to these cars on the line, thy kingdom come to these businesses, thy kingdom come to this house, thy kingdom come. And so we'll just say that over and over, and then we'll continue the prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day, this is another one of the big ones, give us this day. We can't, we can't say what's going to happen next month, what's going to happen in five years. Pastor Micah, is this the beginning of sorrows? Is this the, I don't know what's going on the next 10, 20, or 30 years, but what Jesus said, when you pray, say. Not Micah, when Jesus, when you pray, say. Give us this day. Give us September the 12th, 2021. Give us your presence today. Give us your anointing today. Ministry moments as we worship you, as we praise you, your word. Give us this day. 
And tomorrow when we drive down 13 and turn on 97, we're going to pray again. Give us September the 13th, 2021. Give us this day. The seed is the word of God. And you and I, the word of God, the spirit of God, we need to get it in our lives more than ever before. Speaking of the Lord's Prayer, reminded me of the different jokes I've heard about the Lord's Prayer. And my 13-year-old, she loves art. I've shared before, she likes to eat pickles, which is true. A couple weeks ago, she brought three jars of pickles, like Eliana. Um, I had a lady come up to me after last service, babe, Shelby came up to me, and she's like, it's me. I've ate pickles since I was a little girl. Like, I eat a lot of pickles, and so I need to connect them. She's now married and everything, but I'm like, you need to mentor my daughter. I don't, like, this is beyond me. Uh, you know what she told me, babe, in the lobby? It's, uh, she married uh, uh, Austin Baker. She said when she was growing up that her and several other, like, pickle lover, whatever, they she said they used to have pickle parties. I'd never even heard of it before. She's like, people would come over and they would all bring different kinds of pickles or whatever. I've never heard of this. Um, but anyway, like we were going to get Ellie counseling, but I just, she needs to talk to Shelby, I guess. Um, Shelby turned out good. Uh, I like Shelby. Uh, anyway, I got to focus here. What was I even saying? I lost, let me look here a second. Oh, yes. Yes, thank you. Was that Zach? Or someone say, yeah, thank you. Zach's wearing pink too. Um, let's stick together. Thank you. Um, Ellie also loves art. My 13 year old, not just pictures, she loves art. You go in her room, there's art supplies everywhere. I always hear it from Angel like, babe, she's got paint on the floor and she's got stuff sticking on the walls and she ruined the dresser. And she loves art. Um, <laughs> I heard about the little girl. They say this is true, but they say the little girl, and they didn't correct her for the longest of times, they said, but the little girl used to pray, our father who does art in heaven. <laughs> I actually love that. Like, Eliana would love that kind of a heaven. Another kid that prayed, our father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. Another little girl that prayed, and I love this, and forgive us our trash baskets as we forgive those who put trash in our baskets. I actually think there's a lot of truth to that. People's always trying to put trash in our baskets. Leave us alone. The next one, I've heard a lot of them, but this next one, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from email. Yes and amen, yes. But when you think about the word of God and you think about prayer, the struggle, when you read this parable, the struggle is to keep the seed. What Andy, in all four instances, we are reminded, so Jesus said the seed is the word of God, and you need to, even in the fourth one, the people who are going to make it, they hear and they hold on, can't have the seed, can't have the seed of God, can't have the word of God. In the first three, Jenna, they all come after the seed. Now, I just want to press pause, even in 2021, and I think you would have to, if you look at what's going on in our world, you would have to see that once again, there is an attack on the Word of God. This is not new. It's not just happening in 2021. There has always been an agenda to get the seed out of people's lives. And Jesus said, I'm going to explain it to you. You have seed. It's the word of God. You have a sower. And without spending too much time on this, I have, I have actually thought about it a lot this week, Rebecca. But I started thinking about the sower. So you, we're not even going to get to the breakdown of the four seed scenarios if we don't start with there once was a sower. And who is the greatest sower, Ashley? that we could talk about, the greatest sower is Jesus, right? 
that God is going to love the world. He's going to give his son. So you have God, you have the deity of God, you have heaven that sees the hearts of humanity and is going to give a savior, a spotless lamb without blemish. Jesus is going to come. He's going to be spit upon. He's going to be flogged. He's going to be beaten. He's going to have a spear in his side. He's going to be nailed to a cross. He's going to have people, the Bible uses words like reviling and mocking, all of those things. And he, according to Hebrews, for the joy that was set before him, probably seeing people like you on a Sunday, worshiping and in his presence and ministry moments, for the joy that was set before him, he endures all of that pain, all of that persecution, so that you and I could receive the free gift of salvation and the hope of eternal life. Is there anyone thankful today for Jesus? Thank you for scattering seed. Thank you for giving your word. Thank you for giving your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. And then I start thinking about all the people who have sown into my life. Pastor Beasley, Pastor Kevin, Bible college professors, David Farrell, who I didn't even know, but he became such an integral part of my life. I started thinking about, I started thinking about Scott Rideout. Scott Rideout, when I look back at Sunday school, we call it kids ministry and things now, now but when I look back at Sunday school, which could be such a variety of time. I mean, my dad, my dad's church services, I mean, again, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Sunday morning, like we had a lot of church services growing up. But my dad's church services also could vary in time. I mean, it may be an hour or two, but it could be three or four too. I mean, did anyone ever have church services? Like, you just never really knew, like, those were my, that, was, that was our family's kind of church services. When I look back now at 48 years old, when I look back now at Scott Rideout, I think I always loved him, but the older I get and the more I see what it takes to pull off a service. We've, we've had people here 6, 7 a.m. this morning, hours, just getting ready for a church service and sound and tech and kids and parking lot and just everything that goes in. Scott Rideout, our church was about 100 people. Is in a place called Jennifer, New Brunswick. They said the population is about five or 600 people, little area. And I'm probably, I think I was maybe eight or nine years old, seven, eight, nine years old, somewhere in that range. Scott Rideout worked at the mill. And I remember as a kid, Scott ran a big piece of equipment and the logs and the mill and certain times of the day would have like smells and Scott, he lived all the way on a dead end road on the left hand side Scott also, not only did he work full-time at the mill, but Scott would trap at nighttime. And he took me several times, but he would trap all kinds of like, like foxes and, and beaver and all kinds of animals. And he would sell pelts and you'd go in his basement. And I remember him showing us, he had all these things like tanning and drying out all these pelts on the wall. And he would like, people would buy these pelts and he would turn them into like, he had hats and all this stuff. But, but I didn't understand. I'm only saying it to say I didn't understand until I got older, how easy it would have been because our church is 100 people and if you walked into this Juniper church, you'd go up the steps, turn left. The Sunday school was in the basement and I just remember it was like dark and dingy and our classroom was all the way at the end over in a far right corner that had like these big blocks and stuff and there was like six or, or seven of us in the classroom. One of them was jo Joey Harrington. It's, we were always being bad, but I remember like... You know, Joey's in the, in the class, and I can't believe that Scott Harrington did, or, or that Scott Rideau didn't quit. I'm serious. I can't, like when I look back at it now, and he would come in there, this like guy who is probably, he probably has a hundred reasons not to put up with six or seven brats. Like he's working at the mill, he's busy in the evenings, he had his own kids, you know, one was special needs, he has his own family. When I look back, I, don't, I can't believe Scott Rideout would come in that classroom and put up this flannel graph thing on the wall. I just remember he would try to stick stuff on it and they were always like going sideways and falling off. And he you know how many times Scott probably got in his truck and was like, what am I even doing? 
What, he didn't know someone's going to stand up here at 48 years old that was a little brat at 7 or 8 and be sharing with you today. But I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all the people that sowed into my life and said, I believe in kids and I believe in students and I believe. And I just want to thank God today. When, when I was working on this message, Junior, I could talk for an hour about this and I don't have an hour. I know we got to dedicate babies, but... How many times that your mom prayed for me and people like Gwen DeCleva, I mean, just, you just start thinking about all the Scott Rideout kind of people that we've had in our lives and we wouldn't be here today. I, I told Dan when he walked in, but there was a time when StorySide, whether it was 50 or 100 people and utilities shut off and stuff, I mean it. I cried the other day, Junior, when you're here painting outside, you know, on Labor Day, Monday, it's a day off and you're out there for hours painting. But when I tracked back 15, 16, 17 years ago, and, and we don't even have remotely close to what we have now, but there's people downtown and people in that Park Place basement and people at Mansfield Christian that are serving and sewing and setting up. I remember we used to have so many empty seats. I don't know if you remember this. I would get depressed. I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm leaving. No one's even here. And you would tell me, Pastor Micah, my mom always says, in all the empty seats, Seat sits the angels. Do you remember you used to tell me that? In all the empty seats sits the angels. And I'd be like, well, there's a lot of angels here today. There's angels everywhere in here. But thank God, even in the history of StorySide, for all of the people that just kept sowing and just kept serving and just kept believing, thank God, whether it's Scott Rideout or your mom or all of the other people over the years, thank God for the sower. Are you thankful today? If you have had some people that have sowed into your life over the years, if you have some people that have prayed for you, if, you're if, they're, if they're still alive, would you thank them today? Would you send them a text? Would you call them? What, would you just start thinking of your mom, Ashley, and just all the prayers that, that she has prayed? You know, of course, for her family, but even church and different times, she's encouraged Angel and I. So, like, just think about all the people that have sown into your life and take some time today. Just send them a message and say, thank you so much for sowing into my life. So you have the sower and you have the seed. And then you have the sobering reality that every seed is not successful. Every season in this passage is not successful. So some, some seeds, these first three, they don't materialize. Some of them don't make it. And so as we get ready to close today, I just want to remind you what Jesus told you, these four types of seed. The first is a stolen seed. The stolen seed. That was, because we read a lot of verses, that was the ones along the path they got trampled on. Now, I don't think any of us like that, right? I feel like I'm a doormat. I feel like I've been trampled on. Pastor Mike, you don't understand my job. You don't know at school. You don't know my ex. You don't know... I don't think anyone would say in any sense, whether it's the scriptural sense or symbolically or just in a, in a true everyday, I don't think no one would say I want to be trampled on in life. They're trampled on. Jesus said then birds are going to come, they're going to peck and they're going to poke and, and finally they're going to break you down and get you. And Jesus said that's the devil. The devil is trying to take your seed. That was the first one, stolen seed. The devil is trying to take your seed. And so let me ask you today as we wrap up our message, what has the devil taken from you? What has the devil taken from you? Or, present tense, what is he trying to take from you? Is he trying to take your joy, your peace, your purpose? What's the devil trying to take from you? You're trying to take our children, trying to take our families, trying to take marriage. What's the devil trying to take from us? Is he trying to take your spirit? Is he trying to take, is he trying to steal that? Is he trying, Jesus said the first is stolen seed. We know in John 10, 10, that the thief wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Ephesians 6 tells us, the writer said, I tell you, be strong in the Lord and in its great power. Wear the full armor of God. Wear God's armor so that you can fight against the devil's 
clever tricks. Our fight is not against people on earth. We are fighting against the rulers and authorities and the powers of this world's darkness. We are fighting against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly places. That is why, that is why you need to get God's full armor. Then on the day of evil, you will be able to stand strong. And when you have finished not just half of the fight, not three quarters, not most, when you have finished the whole fight, you, think about it, Micah and Angel, Brooklyn, Jalen, Eliana, Micaiah, think about it in your life, Chance and Faith and Junior and Regina and Rick and Carol and your kids and your grandkids. Story side, the Moffat family and the Stover family, the Shields and the Bookers, when you have finished the fight, Matt, when this thing is over, I want us to still be standing. I want to endure to the end. I want to keep our faith in Jesus when the fight finishes. So stand strong. Say, so what do I do in 2021? Stand strong. Yeah, but Facebook and yeah, but the news and yeah, but stand strong. How? Micah, how do I do it? With the belt of truth. Don't let anyone steal the seed in your life. With the belt of truth around your waist and on your chest, wear the protection of right living. Now is not the time to live on the edge. Now is not the time to be like, well, if I do this, can I still go to heaven? What if I go there? Can I still go to heaven? Jesus still, on your chest, wear the protection of right living. If you've ever had a heart for holiness, if you've ever had a heart for the Holy Spirit, if you've ever had a heart to say, I want to live in his presence, I want my mind and my spirit to be connected to God, I think it's right now. There's never been a better time to trust God than right now. On your feet, wear the good news. Use the shield of faith. There's burning arrows from the evil one. Accept God's salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the Spirit. The sword is the teaching of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Pray with all kinds of prayers. Ask for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready. Never give up. And always pray for all God's people. So you have stolen seed. Secondly, you have shallow seed. The second seed, he said the only reason, Britt, the second seed didn't make it is because they didn't get roots and they didn't have enough moisture. Are you getting enough moisture? Are you getting enough moisture? Because you could plant seed, you know, I, I didn't even realize a lot of this and I'm still learning until we got some property, some farmland around us and and subleasing it out. I've, I've shared with you before, I never prayed prayers like knee-high by July and stuff until I got farmland. I didn't know what it all meant, but I, I prayed a ton of times after I did. Even the farmer who attends our church different times the last few years, he would text me and he'd be like, hey, just you know, pray, we really need some rain. And You know, years ago when you hear people talk that stuff, or, I mean, you heard it, but didn't really understand. It was like, I love sunshine. And then you realize, like, no, I actually need water. Jesus reminds them here, you need to have moisture. If you, if you want your seed to be successful, you got to have moisture. So when you hear people go to church once a month, I just want to ask you, is that, are you getting enough moisture? When, when you hear like, I'm so busy, Pastor Mike, and I've got so much on my plate, and should maybe we, and I love sports, but should maybe I turn off sports radio and just turn on some worship music for a little bit? Should, should you get your kids and just join me? Every day, let's just commit to it. Get your spouse, but find a friend. And just every single day, we're going to carve out time. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Like, are you getting enough moisture? Because seeds that don't get enough moisture, Jesus said they're not going to make it. Find some ways 
to say, I need this to be watered on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, come on, Storyside, on Friday, on Saturday. Say, why are you doing that? Why are you prioritizing God's house? Why are you prioritizing? Because I want to make sure I'm getting enough moisture. The third seed is the ones that fell among thorns. Jesus said, I'll tell you what this one is like. They actually hear it, and they go. They get out of the gate until, and he actually gives definitive examples of it. This passage, when we read it, he said, it's cares, it's riches, and it's pleasure. And those three are going to choke out the seed. Cares. Think about that. Think about cares. I heard someone say once, and I think there's a lot of truth in it. This guy said, I've never gotten off of social media and felt better about myself. Cares. Cares would love to choke you out. Cares. It be very overwhelming at times. Jesus said, cares can get you. Riches can get you. I just need more, I gotta get more, I gotta buy more, I got, and then pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure can get you. Matter of fact, one writer would say that you and I could be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You say, how is that even possible? How could I love pleasure? And then you just start looking at life. We get so busy with life and overtime and kids' sports and schedules and Pleasure can get us, right? I'll even have some people say, you know, Micah, I'm not emotional. Like, I know you talk about clapping hands. I know you talk about hands raised. I know you talk about opening up your heart to God and worship and praise. And it's just not my thing. I'm more of like a hands in the pocket, maybe drink a coffee guy. It's not my thing. I don't do all that. And I could tell you God inhabits your praise. I could tell you he wants you to lift up holy hands. And you're just like, it's not really me. I'm not emotional. And then we could go to your kid's soccer game. Or we could turn on 100,000 people at a Buckeye game. Or we could walk in at 4, 430 to people watching the Browns. Like, no, this is our year. I know I said it those other 20, but this, no, I'm serious this time. This is our year. And all of a sudden, this unemotional, like, it's just not me guy. You know, they actually say when, and it's not just Ohio State, they actually say when a college team loses a game, that giving across nationwide is down 20%. I've heard several people share these, giving can be down, because it affects us that much. Like, we're that bothered that literal giving to the kingdom of God can be down 20% because of a game. I know we don't ever want maybe the Holy Spirit to just step on our toes and convict our heart. Like, don't be that seed. Don't let the cares of life and pleasure and riches, don't let it choke out the seed in your life right? Because I don't want to be that first seed or second seed or third seed. And if it's an example of all four potentially in your life, and we all have seasons, we sure don't want to end up that way. I don't want my life or your life to be defined by seed one, seed two, seed three. I want you and I to be the ones that we hear the word of God. We're going to hold the word of God. And then he said, keep an honest heart. I know what people are saying in news and social media. I hear it every day. I understand how it can get to us, but I've got to guard my heart. I'm going to worship God with all of my heart, 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 mind, soul, strength. And you and I are going to give God our very best, not second or third number one seek first the kingdom and hear well done I want you and I to live a life in good soil good soil as we get ready to pray today so we get ready to pray everyone say good soil now I know 
I start with such a sobering, serious story, Paul. It's a true story, but I know I start with that. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, 39. Four family members killed. He's going to be hung. That's a serious story. The paper I handed out to you closes with, you know, when the bomb, C.S. Lewis wrote years ago about this, so a lot of what you're reading was years back, but how is the, how is the bomb going to find you? I know what Dietrich Bonhoeffer, 39, you're going to be hung, and the final thing that people are going to record about your life is he was having communion, and he said, this is the end, but for me, it's the beginning. I think all of us need reminded sometimes. I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know what all the details of life looks like. But I think every one of us should continue, just like you'll read in that paper, I think every one of us should continue to love God, love our families, share the good news of Jesus, as it said, play tennis. Live your life. Continue to be salt and light. Make sure that you're falling into the category of the fourth seed. Be productive. Keep your heart right. Hear it and hold fast. Hold th no, I can't let anything or anyone take my seed. Whether I live my life here on this earth and it's years and years and years down the road, or if for some reason the appointed time of God for his church collectively, but when you find me, you're going to find me trying with my heart to be the fourth seed. The fourth seed. That our church would be the fourth seed. Fruitful, productive. I feel like every day, I can't think of one day that passes where I don't get some sort of a message or call or inbox. Pastor Micah, what do you think? Pastor Micah, what? I know right now there can be a lot of questions. I know for a lot of people there can be a lot of fear. It's legitimate. When your livelihood, your monies, your jobs, it's a lot of fear right now. But all the way back to that little Sunday school room in the basement of Juniper, New Brunswick with Scott right up from a kid. My dad used to make me memorize scriptures for an hour or two a day on cue cards. All I've ever known from a kid was that this book needed to be the anchor. And now I fast forward to 48 years old standing in front of you and I still think this book needs to be the anchor. So my answer today for all of us is stay rooted, stay grounded. This is not the time to get lax or lackadaisical or lukewarm. This is not the time to get wayward or stray. This is not the time to get bitter and offended. This is not the time to lose your faith. Hear it? Hold on to it. Keep an honest heart and stay productive for Jesus. Let me pray for you today if I can, just with eyes closed all over the room. We talked about thank God for the sower. All of the people who sowed into our life and primarily Jesus, thank God for the sower. Maybe today you need that kind of a Jesus who is saying, do you do you want a chance? Do you want an opportunity? Do you want to be saved today? On site and online, maybe you've thought about it a lot, but you've never really made the decision. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. You've never really made the decision to say, I, you know, I've heard about the sin thing, and you know, I know they tell, tell people they're born in sin, but I've never really said, I've never really acknowledged, I've never admitted, I am a sinner and I need a savior. 
I need you, Jesus. I need you to save me. Save me from my sin and shame. You could even be beating yourself up today saying, Micah, you don't know how bad I've been. You don't know all the things I've done. The good news is the Bible says that Jesus died once for all. Anything you could tell me today, he's died for that. Maybe, maybe in this moment right now, you are ready to say, yes, 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 I'm a sinner. Yes, I need Jesus. Yes, I need grace in my life. I need mercy. I need truth today. And on site and online, if that's you, I believe he'll hear your prayer right now. When you begin to say things like, Jesus, will you save me? Will you forgive me today? Come on, why don't you pray a prayer to him right now? Sometimes it's just tears streaming down your face where you're like, I'm sorry, I repent. I believe that he hears your prayer right now. For others today, I think if you look at this parable of these four seed scenarios, there are times where you may see yourself in one, two, or three. And so today it may be a convicting moment, a challenging moment for you, where you're like, God, I need to make sure that I keep my heart right with you. I need to make sure that I hear and hold on to the seed. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you're praying this prayer of salvation for the first time or for some of you. Today is a reminder. Today is a reminder to you of how important it is to make sure that you don't just start well. We read it together. We want to finish well. We want to still be standing. And so I pray today for every single person that's listening to this message. Whether or not it was people in California or Canada or people in the Philippines earlier. Whether it's a young person, a student, a college student. Whether it's someone who, who like Nell, 93. I pray from the youngest to the oldest that they would hear the good news, the message of Jesus. That the most important thing in their life is to have a relationship with God. A real relationship with God. That they would be reminded that even when the devil is trying to take the seed, when the thorns are trying to choke it out, that they can still stay grounded. They can still hold on to their faith. They can hear it. They can hold on. They can hear it. They can hold on. And so encourage today. Strengthen today. Remind someone. Get a grip on God. Get a grip on the Word of God. Get a grip on the things that matter most. Continue to hallow the name. Continue to hold on. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen.